Welcome to episode four, Different Ways to Write Fast, Ethical Notes, by Elizabeth Irias, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. From Clearly Clinical, learn, grow, shine. I'll be your instructor today. My name is Elizabeth Irias, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist with specializations in utilization review, clinical management, and quality assurance. As a consultant and trainer, I work closely with clinical teams across the country to improve the quality of their care, their documentation practices, and their utilization review outcomes. I also operate a private practice in Westlake Village, California, where I provide adolescent and young adult therapy family therapy, and addictive disorder treatment, and I also have an additional focus of working with folks in the LGBT population. Our topic today is different ways to write fast ethical notes. Goodness knows that most of us really do not enjoy the clinical documentation practice. Once we understand what needs to be in our notes, like symptoms and interventions and safety and risk factors, The next hurdle is understanding how to format our notes in a way that can clearly convey the clinical information that we're capturing. There are a number of different note formats out there, and today we'll be talking about three specific ones. There really isn't a right way to document as long as it's organized and it lets the reader know what happened during the session and the information that you're trying to convey. My hope today is through this training, you'll have a better understanding of these different note formats And that this understanding will help you write your notes in a quicker and more efficient manner so that you can save your time on that and focus on what really matters, providing care to your clients. I want to start by sharing the way I see it and why I do what I do. I believe that our clinical documentation practices as counselors and therapists are really an opportunity for us to slow down and be more reflective and flexible in our work. When we're running on autopilot, chances are that we're really not as attentive as providers as we like to be, and we might not be doing our best work. When our clinical documentation is sound, it means that we're really wide awake at the wheel and aware of our clients' symptoms, their presentation, and also aware of our own interventions and why we're doing what we're doing. In today's training, I want to offer you some clarity about these different note formats and some examples so that you'll learn better ways to document and also save some time. I think it's important for us to keep taking a cue from the medical model. Doctors tend to be very well trained and very competent in their documentation practices. Although there are some jokes about doctors having really illegible handwriting, but not looking at that and just looking at the quality of the clinical record, the medical model really gives us some clues about what should be in our charts. Additionally, our medical records are effectively legal documents they can serve as evidence of the care that we've provided. They have a huge impact on us as providers should our care ever come into question. They serve as a record of what we do. And also, they help clients in certain situations when the records need to be scrutinized for something like an insurance claim or a disability claim. For any number of reasons, our clinical charts, when they're sound, are one of the best tools that we have as therapists in order to back ourselves up and also back up our clients. Prior to diving into the different note formats and how to use them, I want to make an important quick note. At the end of the day, even if your information is in the incorrect section of a note format, at least it's written. I know a lot of therapists that toil away and stare at the computer as they try to figure out whether something is subjective or objective in a soap note. Hopefully our training today is going to offer some clarity about that. But again, what really matters is that you're writing the information. I've never seen an insurance claim kicked back because a therapist wrote the objective information in the subjective section. These formats are out there to help organize our information and also basically cue us to pull certain information from our sessions and document it. But again, I'd rather have it in the chart in the wrong place than have it not written at all. The format is really up to you and to your facility. And if there are standardized procedures, it's important to work with your supervisors to understand exactly what they want in the different sections of each particular note format. It's also important for us to take a quick moment and reflect on the purpose of our clinical records. They're supposed to tell the story of the five W's, who, what, where, why, and when. Why is one of the pieces that most 
most commonly is missed. We're really good at capturing some of the details like the symptoms or what the client reported, but sometimes we don't include our interventions and why we did them and also our assessment. Why did we diagnose this person with a certain condition? Why did we recommend that they go see a psychiatrist? Why did we recommend that they have formal substance use treatment? When we look at our records with this lens of the five W's, I think we're better able to evaluate whether or not our charts are telling this story effectively. If our progress notes appear disjointed and there isn't really a thread that connects them, then chances are they're not really adequately telling the five W's. Then it just looks like separate chapters of a book that are really unrelated. Our progress notes should feed into one another and have the backbone of the assessment, diagnosis, and treatment plan. All of these factors contribute to us having sound medical records. And again, beyond the note format, it's also just important to step back and think about whether or not your charts tell this story. These particular note formats help us break down this specific information into the note so we know what to capture and where to capture it. For the purposes of today's training, we're going to be looking at three different note formats. And right now we're going to be starting with DAP. DAP stands for D, data, A, assessment, and P, plan. The DAP format is commonly used by AOD counselors. There are also many hospital and agency-based environments that prefer notes written in DAP. Sometimes this can be particularly difficult for mental health-focused individuals because we often aren't trained in writing in DAP. So I'm hopeful that today's training will break down some of these different formats and how to conceptualize them. So again, D is for data. This is basically a story of what happened. What was the relevant information that you're pulling from the session? The assessment. So what are your thoughts about what happened? This is where we put on our clinical fancy hat and interpret information and plan. What do we plan to do? Is a client going to come back for therapy in a week? Is a client recommended to come back for therapy in six months? Those are the kind of pieces that you would include in that particular section. And as we progress through this training, we're going to break down each of these different sections. And I'll provide some examples about what goes in each segment. The next common format we're going to take a look at is the SOAP note. S for subjective, O for objective, A for assessment, and P for plan. SOAP notes are commonly used in medical environments. And if I'm being honest, SOAP notes are also usually the format that most clinicians struggle with, kind of getting lost in the subjective and objective and really understanding what each segment is requiring. So subjective, that basically includes reported or observed symptoms or behaviors. So what did you see with your eyes? What, what appeared to be happening? And what did you hear from the client? Objective is factual information, like our interventions or a client's quote. So client stated, I feel better today. That actually happened, so it's objective. Assessment, again, our thoughts about what happened, just like the, the A in DAP, and plan, just like the P in DAP, what we plan to do about it. That could be in our next session. That could be in terms of collateral contact. You might even write down there what homework you've assigned to the client. So again, just quickly reviewing, SOAP is objective, subjective, objective, assessment, and plan. The last note format that we're going to be spending some time with today is the GURP format. And that acronym stands for G for goals, I for interventions, R for response, and P for plan. We'll break this down more, but basically G for goals, what you worked toward. And you might possibly pull these pieces of information from your treatment plan. I for interventions, what you did as a clinician. Response, how the client responded, as well as your assessment of the client's symptoms or behaviors. And also your plan what you plan to do, be it following up a psychiatrist or seeing the client with a certain frequency, that's where you'd indica indicate it. As you can see, there's a lot of overlap between DAP, SOAP, and GURP. And we'll talk about some of those kind of redundancies and how to organize this information in each different format. I also want to take note that these are three standard note formats, but they're certainly not the only ones. Different programs use different formats, and you can also sometimes create one that works for you. In my private practice, what I prefer to use is something that I call G-SERAP, which is G for goals, S for symptoms, 
I for interventions, R for response, A for assessment, and P for plan. I know that that sounds like a lot of information, but the reason that I write this way is because it helps me really zero in on each focus in each section. So when I have that I for interventions, I ask myself, oh yeah, what did I do during the session and what was I hoping to achieve by doing it? An assessment section also helps me slow down and really reflect on how all of these pieces fit together and what I think the client's progress or prognosis is. Now let's dive right in into the DAP format. D for data or for description. I've heard it said both ways. They basically cover the same information regardless of whether or not you consider that D for data or for description. This section should basically contain specific factual information. This is where we write what's said or done by the therapist or counselor and also what's said or done by the client. This may include the focus of the session, And it's also an opportunity for us to report on the client's experience or response to the activities that we presented in the session. Sometimes it can get a little muddy between what goes in data and what goes in assessment. For example, client was sad versus client appeared tearful versus client stated, I am sad. This is where you get into a little bit of a gray area. So let's look at the statement, client was sad. This is actually an interpretation that's based on our assessment. We're looking at the client. We see that they're tearful. Their body posture has changed. Their tone is low. From that, we might deduce that the person's sad, but technically that's an assessment. If you want to get really technical there, put it in assessment. If you're more fluid, keep it in data. Let's look at client appeared tearful. This is probably a fact. This is based on our assessment and also based on what we saw, but... If the client was crying, then it's pretty much a fact that the client was crying. If the client states, I am sad, that would definitely go in the data or description section of your note. So from here, I want to take a moment to read from a good note example. And I know that sometimes this is hard to listen to, but try to focus in on the information that's conveyed in this example. And this is a great example of a great data description section of a DAP note. Therapist conducted a risk assessment, and client appears to be stable at this time. Client was oriented times four and presented with a genuinely and generally bright affect. Therapist sought feedback from client about whether she believes that her symptoms are improving in order to assess her progress in treatment and inquired about her sleep difficulties. Client shared that she continues to have significant difficulty sleeping. She reports less tearfulness and improvement in racing thoughts and better appetite in the last week. Therapist and client discussed her relationships with her parents in order to build the client's insight into how her family dynamics may be influencing her pervasive negative views of self. Client was engaged and reflected that she often hears her parents' voices in her head making judgmental statements about her decision and that this triggers immense shame. Therapist and client discussed sleep hygiene habits And therapist encouraged client to exercise at least once this week and eat a balanced diet in order to reduce her stress response. So I know that's a lot of information contained in a data session, but I want to take a quick moment to look at the different pieces of information here. So in this section, we can see multiple sources of information coming from the therapist. We can tell what the therapist did in multiple occasions, their interventions. The therapist sought feedback. She discussed with her client uh, the relationships that she's having with her parents. The therapist and client discussed sleep hygiene habits. All of those things are descriptions of what happened during the session. There's also a solid note here about the client's response. What did the client do? Well, she shared that she continues to have trouble sleeping. She was engaged. She talked about how her parents uh, make judgmental statements sometimes, and it's a source of shame. That's a great example of what should go in a data and description section. And pulling from our last e-learning about writing efficient and effective notes, for every 45 to 50 minute session, you should really have at least three or four interventions that you did as a counselor or therapist, as well as three or four responses from your client. It's also great to integrate client, client quotes because that also shows individualization and that we're really honing in on the client's particular presentation and that these notes aren't copied and pasted or anything like that. They're highly individualized and responsive to the needs of each specific client. Moving on to the A in DAP for assessment. This is where we put on our fancy clinical hats and evaluate what's going on with our clients. 
this is an opportunity for us to write whether or not we think the client is getting better or worse in our opinions, and also some feedback about how the session went in general. We can also write about how this particular session relates to the overall goals and what progress they've made. We also might write something about risk factors, which would be basically taking the symptoms that are presented and then applying them in the real world and how these symptoms might be affecting the client. We talk about the potential prognosis. Do we think that this person has a good chance of going back to work if their depression improves? And we also talk about our impressions or perceptions. So how did the client present himself, herself, or themselves? And I want to also delve into a real session note here to look at a good example of the assessment section. Clients' depressive symptoms appear to be improving, as evidenced by clients' consistently brighter presentation for the last three sessions and clients' reported symptom improvements. Client continues to struggle with negative beliefs about self, and these beliefs appear to contribute to her feelings of hopelessness, as well as her past impulsive behaviors, including problematic sexual impulsivity and her past methamphetamine use. She continues to be at moderate risk of relapse due to limited insight into her substance using and unsafe behaviors. Okay, so that's a pretty decent assessment of what happened in session. There's a comment about how the clinician feels about the person's symptoms and whether or not they're getting better or worse. There's also some exploration into the client's state, like her negative belief, uh, beliefs about herself and how these beliefs might impact her behavior. That's purely interpretation and purely a clinical assessment. And also there's, also, there's an assessment about the risk that the client might, uh, might experience, like moderate risk of relapse due to limited insight into her substance using and unsafe behaviors. Again, that's a clinical assessment and reflection and is most appropriate written in the A section of DAB for assessment. The next letter to cover in DAP is P for plan. In this section, we're really writing a plan of action between this session and next, as well as some strategies that the therapist or counselor plans to use to support the client during the next session with regard to their symptoms or a particular behavior change. Additionally, what was a goal identified or agreed to by this client? And what will the therapist or counselor or client do between now and the next session? Was there any assignment of homework? Additionally, this is where we would write about any referrals. If we need to follow up with a psychiatrist, if we need to reach out to the client's teacher, this is where we would write all of these pieces about what we plan to do. And just a quick note, if you're writing something in a plan section, then in the next session or two, make sure that you're addressing whatever it is that you'd written. So for example, if you say in the plan session, section therapist will reach out to client psychiatrist to discuss anxiety symptoms then it's important that in subsequent notes that you address, did you actually read out, reach out to that psychiatrist and what resulted from that conversation? So taking a look at an actual note in a plan section, plan often can be pretty short. And in this case, the note reads, client committed to exercising at least once this week. Therapist will continue to assist client with developing coping skills to manage current life stressors and will work with client on developing insight into how her moods impact her unsafe behavior choices. Therapist will continue monitoring client substance use and will continue weekly therapy. Okay, so that gives us a pretty clear idea of what the plan is for the next session. If someone were to come in behind us and let's say that we were out sick next week, someone would know what we're intending to do the next session. That's the whole idea of the plan section. It basically lays the groundwork for the next steps that are going to come in the client's treatment. Now that we've done a quick review of the DAP format, I want to transition into SOAP. I'll also note that during this training, we're going to be looking at multiple examples of DAP, SOAP, and GURP notes. So fear not, we will come back to DAP with a little bit more detail. The subjective section in notes sometimes is really hard to explain. Subjective basically means something that's based on or influenced by personal feelings, tastes, or opinions. So for example, pugs. Some people think they're really cute. Some people think they're really not cute. That's purely subjective. If you feel really strongly on this particular topic because you own one or you particularly don't like pugs for some reason, you may think that that's actually fact (laughs) that a pug is cute. But in fact, that's subjective and that would go in a subjective section of a note. 
The subjective section is basically an opportunity for us to describe our impressions of the client or patient. And it also might be a place that we record the client's perceptions about their care, their progress, or their symptoms. Basically, this is their subjective opinion. This is where we include our impression about the client and patient's level of awareness, their motivation, their mood, their willingness to participate, and other factors. So for example, client appeared uncooperative and physically agitated, or client appeared stable and presented with a bright affect. So now I want to take a look at a great example of a subjective section, and I'm reading this straight from a high-quality soap note. Client appeared distressed and agitated at the beginning of the session and appeared to progressively relax as the session progressed. Client reported that she had been feeling less tearful, and she attributes this to her reduction in her Prozac. She also reports feeling wound up around her mother. So again, this is just a report on the client's subjective experience. When she's around her mother, she feels wound up. She also says that she's feeling less tearful. This is kind of subjective. One could also argue that it's objective. And I want to point out with the soap notes, sometimes there's some ambiguity between subjective and objective, and that's okay. As long as you have that information written, that's the most important thing. If you mess up occasionally between subjective and objective, it's really fine. And a lot of this, oddly enough, is subjective in terms of where we assign different pieces of information. So we'll look a little bit more in in detail in this with an objective section. The next section after S for subjective is O for objective in the soap note. Objective means something that's not influenced by personal feelings or opinions in considering or representing facts. So for example, how many pairs are sitting there on the table? There are three. That's simply a fact. It's not subjective. It's not whether or not we like the pairs or if we think they're good. It's just a fact about how many there are. The objective section basically includes factual information, what you or the client said or did. It also includes your interventions. So for example, if a client shares something and it's a client quote, that would almost always go on objective. Client states, I'm just over it. No matter what I do, I keep feeling bad. That's objective. You're reporting exactly what happened during the session. Or for example, therapist provided client with psychoeducation regarding comorbidity of substance use and mental health symptoms in order to increase clients' knowledge and normalize their present struggles. So again, that's something that the therapist did. There isn't any opinion there. It's just simply what the intervention was. So I want to pull directly from a great objective section from a soap note. Client arrived 10 minutes late to session. Therapist conducted risk assessment. Client appeared stable. Therapist drew client's attention to the effective inconsistencies as she discussed her weekend. Client was smiling when she noted, their comments always make me feel bad about myself. Therapist did this in order to draw her attention to her emotional incongruence. Client shared that her friends and family have called her disingenuous and fake previously and that she is hard on herself. Therapist explored with the client how her mother's strict expectations of her may have impacted or be impacting her self-esteem. Client stated, there are always a lot of shoulds, and I've always been the black sheep. Therapist and client discuss the benefits of identifying and labeling feelings as they occur as a means to build insight. So in this objective section, we can see really clearly what the therapist did and why the therapist did it and how the client responded to it. In this particular section, it's written kind of uh, from one to the other. So what the therapist said or did, how the client responded. Therapist said or did, how the client responded. You don't have to write it this way. You could always just write it in a list. So therapist drew client's attention to effective inconsistencies. Therapist and client discuss the benefit of identifying and labeling feelings, etc., and then label the response after that and what the client did and contributed to the session. So the bottom line is that this objective section really is probably going to be the longest section of your soap note where you're really telling the story of what happened during that session. Now that we've covered subjective and objective, let's look at the A for assessment in the soap note. The assessment section, just like in DAP, is basically where we put our fancy clinical hats on. How did the session go? How does this particular session relate to the overall goals? What are the risk factors? What is our assessment of the client situation? Perhaps we might consider what's their stage of change and what's a progress and prognosis. 
And I want to read another example coming out of a soap note. And part of the reason I want to read these examples is so that you have plenty of, of examples of how different people write. Um, there are plenty of different tones that we can take in our notes. And these are just some examples to show you the differences in the way that different clinical professionals write their notes. Assessment. Client has extremely limited insight into her feeling states, in spite of her advanced intellectual abilities. It sounds as though she experienced an extremely strict upbringing and that she has internalized these expectations as anxiety in her early adulthood. Throughout session, when she mentioned uncomfortable feelings, she reflexively smiled and straightened up her posture. Her anxiety may have contributed to her past alcohol binges and her past DUI. So in this section, you can really clearly see where it's an opportunity for us to clinically reflect on the client's presentation and their symptoms, as well as their progress and prognosis. So here, the therapist has evaluated that the client has limited insight and that she um, had a strict upbringing and that may be contributing to her anxiety. She also uh, mentions uncomfortable feelings and notes that the therapist reflexively smiled and straightened up in her posture. So there, there's a assessment of how all these pieces fit together in the client's functional impairment. And continuing that, she notes her anxiety may have contributed to her past alcohol binges and past DUI. All of those pieces are perfectly encapsulated in the assessment section. And this is really the part where we get to let our clinical skills shine. And now the last section of the SOAP note, which is P for plan. Just like in DAP, basically this is where you'd indicate your plan of action between this session and next, and also what's coming down the pipeline in terms of the treatment. We might write strategies that our therapist or counselor might use in the next session to support the client. Uh, we also might list um, what goals were identified or agreed to by the client, maybe what the therapist or counsel will do between now and the next session. Um, did we agree that we were going to reach out to different group providers and see if we could find an appropriate group based in depression or in codependency? That's where we would indicate those kind of factors. So once again, pulling from a great soap note, I want to give you an example of a plan section. Client will attempt to label uncomfortable emotions as they come up this week and wants to have therapy twice next week. Therapist will continue assisting client in having more congruent emotional experience and plans to explore how her consistent anxiety impacts her relationships, her social functioning, and her substance use. So here we have a note about the homework. So the client is going to try to label uncomfortable feelings. We also have a note about the frequency of therapy, that there will be therapy twice next week. And then the therapist always also notes what that person plans to do in the next sessions. So we're going to be evaluating her relationships, her social functioning, and her substance use, and how all of these things relate to her anxiety. Moving on from DAP and SOAP into the GURP format, now looking at G for goals. This section is a place where we would indicate either overarching treatment goals, like to improve the client's depressive symptoms, or our specific goals for that session. So again, pulling examples from an actual note, goals, assist client in developing pro-social and safe, healthy coping skills when faced with life stressors, an improvement in anxious and depressive symptoms, and maintenance of sobriety from stimulants. So there we see really clearly, basically, here's what I'm doing in therapy. This is what I'm trying to accomplish and assist the client with. Anything related to that, even the objectives, we'd also include in the goals section here. Now moving from goals into I for interventions. This section is exactly where we document what we did in session as a counselor or therapist. Oftentimes with our clinical documentation, we might skim over the things that we did clinically. We're often really good at reporting on the client's symptoms or even necessarily assessing what's going on for the client, but sometimes we don't show up in our own notes and it's difficult to tell what a therapist or counselor actually did during the se session. One reason I like the GURP format is that it really encourages you to reflect clinically on what you did. And remember that one of the important parts of the intervention also is the purpose of the intervention. So what I call the whys, why did you do that intervention? Why did you ask the client to identify the pros and cons of a certain activity? Why did you do a worksheet based on the anger iceberg? 
those pieces of information should be contained in your progress notes. And the GURP format is really good at encouraging you specifically to write down the interventions. So here's a great intervention section from a GURP note. Therapist conducted a risk assessment and client appears to be stable at this time. Therapist assisted client in clarifying her feelings about her missing her appointment with her psychiatrist and what it means to her to let someone down in order to identify cognitive distortions that may contribute to the client's diminished self-esteem. Therapist gently challenged client to review alternative interpretations of an emotionally charged interaction with her sister in order to assist client in loosening black and white thinking patterns. Therapist and client created a list of five simple, easy tasks she could do today in order to improve her self-care activities. So again, in this particular section, you're going to be writing therapist or counselor um, or clinician, however you self-refer, or even I, some people write in the first person. And that's where you want to include it, right here in the intervention section. Also, again, take note of the fact that a lot of these interventions not only state what the therapist did, but why the therapist did it. So again, let me reread one of those sentences. Therapist assisted client in clarifying her feelings about her missing her appointment with her psychiatrist. So that's what the therapist did. And then the interpretation and why and what it means to her to let someone down in order to identify cognitive distortions that may contribute to clients diminished self-esteem. So here we get to see that in order to when we really clearly list our interventions. A good example that I have about this in order to, when we go to a coffee shop and the barista asks us how we're doing, they're doing it for a number of different reasons. They're trying to build rapport. They're doing it because their manager tells them to ask customers how they're doing. They do it because it's socially appropriate. Lots of different reasons. When we therapeutically ask somebody how they're doing and it's in session, we could be doing that for a lot of different reasons. Uh, We could be doing that in order to assess our mental status. We could be doing it in order to build rapport. We could be doing it um, to express empathy and build warmth and safety with the client. So again, it's not just what we did, but it's why we're doing it and what we're hoping to achieve by doing that particular intervention. Now moving on to R for response in the GURP format. This response section is our opportunity to speak about the client's symptoms, and also how they're responding to you in session, as well as how you think they might be responding in general to treatment. So let me give you an example of a great response section from the same soap note. Client was fully oriented. Client was very tearful throughout the session and presented as disheveled with must hair and wearing no makeup. This presentation is markedly different than her past presentation. Client was engaged throughout the session and expressed disappointment in herself and sadness about, quote unquote, not getting better fast enough. Client was able to identify multiple self-care activities and committed to completing at least three of them in the next week. Client stated that she plans to see her psychiatrist this week to address the sleeping issues. So here we see very clearly, um, we see the client's symptoms. She was tearful. She appeared disheveled. Um, We also evaluate that she was engaged and that she expressed disappointment in herself. We also note whether or not she was willing to partake in those recommended self-care activities. And in fact, she did make a commitment. All of those things belong in the response section of your note. The P for plan covers exactly the same information in GURP as it does in the P for plan in DAP and P for plan in SOAP. The plan section is where we'd indicate anything that's going to happen in the future in relation to the client's treatment. So for example, if the client is going on vacation for a couple of weeks and we're going to suspend therapy during that time, this is where we'd write it. If there was any particular homework that the client agreed to, so what they will do, this is where we'd indicate it. And also what are we as a therapist or counselor going to do either between now and the next session or in the future in relation to this client's treatment. So pulling from a good quality GURP note, looking at the plan section, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Client will attempt to complete three small self-care activities before the next appointment. Therapist will contact the client psychiatrist to consult about her care and medications. Therapist will continue monitoring client substance use and her mental health symptoms. Continue therapy weekly. 
So here we see really clearly exactly what the therapist plans to do, what the client's committed to do. And we also see a reference to that collateral contact, like reaching out to a psychiatrist to touch base and do a collaborative check-in about the client's treatment. Okay. We've talked about the three common note formats. And if you'll bear with me, I also want to share about one that is much, much less common, uh, primarily because I invented it. Uh, I do train it to individuals and facilities, and I've actually copyrighted it because I think it's super handy, uh, but it is a little out there, so bear with me. And the acronym for this one is GSERAP. So what this one stands for is G for goals, S for symptoms, I for interventions, R for response, A for assessment, and P plan. So this was a note format that I kind of created for my own practice because personally I found that when trying to write in DAP I was having a hard time recalling particularly what interventions I needed to be calling upon and in SOAP I was having a hard time breaking down the subjective and the objective and then GURP I am actually better with, more comfortable with, which is why GSERAP is kind of an offshoot of that, but GURP still found that I didn't really have a decent place for my uh, clinical fancy hat, as I call it, for my assessment about what was going on. So out of that, uh, GSERAP was born. So again, that's G for goals, S for symptoms, I for interventions, R for response, A for assessment, and P for plan. So basically we're taking all of those different not all of them, but lots of the different letter, letters from DAP, SOAP, and GURP and kind of putting them together into a longer format. Like I said, this is just one method that I kind of invented because I found that it worked for me. I also find that it works for individuals and facilities, particularly for managed care purposes, um, because it has that symptoms part in it that other acronyms do not in the note formats. I find that it helps call upon a better reflection of what's actually happening in session um, in terms of how the client is presenting and then also what our observations are, whether um, that's something that we see or hear or smell or anything like that. Um, so symptoms I find is really supportive for utilization review purposes. And I like the integration of the assessment piece because it reminds me to put that clinical fancy hat on and reflect on um, what I think is going on and why that might be happening and what kind of the next steps are, which leads you right into the plan section. So again, that's goals, symptoms, intervention, response, assessment, and plan. And part of the reason that I bring this up today, you really can invent your own note format. Um, there is not some hard and fast requirement from an insurance company that you have to use SOAP or DAP. There are some insurance companies that use the ASAM format, um, and that's kind of a standardized format for addiction treatment. However, oftentimes clinicians might be able to present information in the ASAM during a utilization review phone call or email or uh, faxed report, but the note itself could still be in a different format. So you really actually have a lot of flexibility as long as it's okay with your facility um, and your supervisor in terms of what format you write in. And I encourage you, if you have that flexibility, you might want to play with it and see what particular note format works for you. And like me, maybe you'll find one that works really well that makes your life a little bit easier because you don't necessarily have to step, stay with these three common ones of DAP, SOAP, or GURP. We've had an opportunity to take a look at some of the more common note formats, DAP, SOAP, and GURP, and then also had a little discussion there about the ability to create your own note format, like the GSERAP that I use. And now I want to transition into a kind of different activity to try to break down how to actually conceptualize information to go into these different note formats. I tried really hard to get the rights to a couple of different songs for this podcast, and unfortunately I wasn't able to, in spite of the fact that I live just north of Los Angeles and have connections in the music industry. Despite my best efforts, I unfortunately was not able to get rights to these songs. So... If you are listening to this and you're driving or doing something else, do not go and Google these songs and their creators so you can take a look at the lyrics and listen to them. But if you are at a computer and you're able to, um, please pull up the song lyrics for the song Unwell by Matchbox 20. So I'm going to be using this song 
and these lyrics. And I want you to imagine that what Rob Thomas is saying in this song is basically what he would say if he were in a psychotherapy session with you. So imagine that Rob Thomas is your client and he comes into therapy and he's reporting all of these things. I vaguely thought about trying to sing this to you, and in spite of the fact that I did years of choir, I think it would just embarrass everybody. So I'm just going to read these lyrics to you, and I want you to, if you can, try to actually recall the song in your head. Uh, if you can play it and actually just Google Matchbox 20 Unwell, then by all means, please go ahead and do that. But so again, as I read this, I want you to imagine Rob Thomas sitting in your office, sitting on your couch, and telling you these things. So... This is Matchbox 20's Unwell. All day, staring at the ceiling, making friends with shadows on my wall. All night, hearing voices tell me that I should get some sleep, because tomorrow might be good for something. Hold on, feeling like I'm headed for a breakdown, and I don't know why. But I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. I know, right now, you can't tell. But stay a while, and maybe then you'll see. A different side of me. I'm not crazy, I'm just a little impaired. I know right now you don't care, but soon enough you're going to think of me and how I used to be. I'm talking to myself in public, dodging glances on the train, and I know, I know they've all been talking about me. I can hear them whisper. And it makes me think there must be something wrong with me. Out of all the hours thinking, somehow I've lost my mind. But I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. I know, I know right now you can't tell. But stay a while and maybe then you'll see a different side of me. I'm not crazy. I'm just a little impaired. I know right now you don't care. But soon enough you're going to think of me and how I used to be. I've been talking in my sleep. Pretty soon they'll come to get me. Yeah, they're taking me away. But I'm not crazy. I'm just a little unwell. With that song and those lyrics in mind, I want to step back into our imagination with Rob Thomas presenting as our client in session, and this is what he's reported to us about how he's feeling. So let's break down the symptoms that are covered during that song. So there's one lyric that says, I spend all day staring at the ceiling. Clinically, that might indicate a lack of motivation, a lack of energy, he also says, I'm feeling like I'm headed for a breakdown. So he's very clearly telling us he's feeling just very overwhelmed and perhaps helpless. Like there's not much he can do to stop what's going on and he can't really catch up. He says, there are all night voices telling me that I should get some sleep. So that's an indication to us that he may be suffering from insomnia if the voices are telling him to get some sleep. And if we want to take it really literally, perhaps he is experiencing some type of delusion or, or some kind of psychotic symptom if he's hearing voices. He also says that he's dodging glances on the train. So that indicates to me uh, that he often has a downcast gaze. I can kind of imagine him in session. He'd be really socially withdrawn and probably socially isolated. He also says, I can hear them talk about me in reference to others that he encounters so it sounds like he's experiencing some symptoms of social anxiety, maybe even a little bit of social paranoia. So let's think about all these symptoms. So we have lack of motivation and energy, feelings of being overwhelmed, perhaps helpless, insomnia, social isolation, social anxiety. So all of those symptoms, let's imagine how they're actually impacting him in the real world. Well, um, he might have occupational stress or academic difficulties related to these symptoms. If he spends all day staring at the ceiling, he might be calling out to work, maybe not attending classes or keeping up with other important day-to-day -day activities. It also sounds like his sleep has been quite poor. That might be influencing his mood and his overall quality of life. His symptoms of social anxiety may be impacting his social relationships across the board, and that in turn might contribute to his social isolation. If he's feeling really anxious around others and feels judged, then he's probably more likely to socially withdraw. Draw. So on a lot of different levels, we can see that we have an individual here who has quite a number of symptoms that he's told us about, and we can imagine how those symptoms might be affecting him. Now that we've had the opportunity to imagine Rob Thomas as our client in psychotherapy or in counseling, the next step is then to imagine what the therapist would be doing in the session. 
So again, if you happen to be at a computer, please Google the song Details in the Fabric by Jason Raz. If you're not at a computer, then please bear with me reading the lyrics in its place. And as we listen to these lyrics, I want you to imagine that Jason Raz is a therapist in this case, and that he's making recommendations to the client about what he might do. And he also is approaching the client in a very specific way. So what are the interventions? I really want you to start tuning your ears to the interventions that Jason Raz would be doing in session with Rob Thomas. Again, this is Details in the Fabric by Jason Raz. Calm down, deep breaths, and get yourself dressed instead of running around and pulling on your threads, breaking yourself up. If it's a broken part, replace it. If it's a broken arm, then brace it. If it's a broken heart, then face it. And hold your own, know your name, and go your own way. Hold your own, know your name, and go your own way, and everything will be fine. Hang on, help is on the way. Stay strong, I'm doing everything. Hold your own, know your name, and go your own way. Now let's imagine that this song told us about some of the things that this therapist did in session with their client, who's Rob Thomas. Calm down, deep breaths, one of the very first lyrics. The intervention that I hear in this one, therapist engage the client in a deep breathing exercise in order to calm physiological arousal. Another lyric, get yourself dressed. Counselor gave client directive to engage in small, easy-to-complete tasks in order to encourage age-appropriate social functioning. Another lyric says, if it's a broken part, replace it. If it's a broken arm, then brace it. And if it's a broken heart, then face it. The intervention we might associate with that. Counselor challenged client to reframe negative thinking patterns, which appear to contribute to his depressive state. Another lyric states, and hold your own, know your name, and go your own way. From this, I hear, perhaps the therapist offered client words of encouragement with the aim of improving client self-concept and self-esteem. Also, hang on, help is on the way, stay strong, I'm doing everything. The intervention that we could interpret here might be, counselor provided containment for client while he was feeling emotionally labile. Counselor encouraged client to call upon strength-based resources in order to cope with upsetting and uncomfortable feelings. So you see how we're able to take just a little bit of information and from that, really think about what kind of interventions are mentioned in this song. And from this, I want to transition into the notes that we might write in these different formats based on the information from these two songs. If we're thinking about a note associated with these two songs, and we're going to use a DAP format, and I should note I am using some creative license here, here's what my note might say. Data. Client reports, I'm feeling like I'm headed for a breakdown. Counselor challenged client to reframe negative thinking patterns that appear to contribute to his depressive state. Client and therapist dialogued about his current mood state in order for therapist to assess the severity of his mood symptoms. Therapist conducted risk assessment. Client acknowledged future-oriented hopes and beliefs and denied any desire to harm himself or anyone else. Counselor encouraged client to call upon strength-based resources in order to cope with upsetting and uncomfortable feelings. Therapist encouraged client to contact his psychiatrist and schedule an immediate appointment due to worsening depressive symptoms and scheduled therapy session in two days. Assessment. Client appears to be experiencing a worsening depressive episode, as illustrated by the following symptoms, lack of energy and motivation, insomnia, feelings of quote-unquote craziness, social anxiety, helplessness, and social isolation. Client explicitly denies any risk of harm to self. Plan. Therapist will consult with client psychiatrist about this current depressive state. Therapist will continue using narrative-based interventions in order to engage the client's problem-solving abilities and break negative thinking patterns. Therapist will increase frequency of therapy sessions during this current depressive episode. So do you see from just a few minutes of information in these two songs, we're able to pull and imagine a lot. And this is how we'd organize this information if we were writing in a DAP format. And here's similar information and the same symptoms and interventions reinterpreted for a soap note. Subjective. 
Client appears cooperative and physically tired. Client appeared open to the therapist and communicated in an appropriate manner. Objective. Client stated, I'm feeling like I'm headed for a breakdown. Counselor challenged client to reframe negative thinking patterns that appear to contribute to his depressive state. Client and therapist dialogued about his current mood state in order for therapist to assess the severity of his mood symptoms. Therapist conducted risk assessment. Client acknowledged future-oriented hopes and beliefs and denied any desire to harm himself or anyone else. Counselor encouraged client to call upon his strength-based resources in order to cope with upsetting and uncomfortable feelings. Therapist encouraged client to contact his psychiatrist and schedule an immediate appointment due to worsening depressive symptoms and scheduled therapy session in two days. Assessment. Client appears to be experiencing a worsening depressive episode as illustrated by the following symptoms, lack of energy and motivation, insomnia, feelings of craziness, social anxiety, helplessness, and social isolation. Uh, Client denied any specific risk of harm to self. Plan. Therapist will consult with client psychiatrist about current depressive state. Therapist will continue using narrative-based interventions in order to engage a client's problem-solving abilities and break down negative thinking patterns. Therapist will increase frequency of therapy sessions during depressive episode. So do you see here how I broke up a little bit of the objective and subjective that we would have found in the data section or description section of a DAP note? And otherwise, assessment and plan stay exactly the same. And now moving into GURP. Goals. Reduce depressive symptoms, including sleep patterns, mood, and overall energy level. Improve social relationships in order to reduce feelings of social anxiety and reduce negative thinking patterns. Interventions. Client and therapist dialogued about his current mood state in order for therapist to assess the severity of his mood symptoms. Counselor challenged client to reframe negative thinking patterns that appear to contribute to his depressive state. Therapist conducted risk assessment. Therapist encouraged client to call upon strength-based resources in order to cope with upsetting and uncomfortable feelings. Therapist encouraged client to contact a psychiatrist and schedule an immediate appointment due to worsening depressive symptoms and scheduled a therapy session in two days. Response section. Client stated, I'm feeling like I'm headed for a breakdown. Client acknowledged future-oriented hopes and beliefs and denied any desire to harm himself or anybody else. Client appears to be experiencing a worsening depressive episode, as illustrated by the following symptoms. Lack of energy and motivation, insomnia, feelings of craziness, social anxiety, helplessness, and social isolation. Plan. Same plan as the other sections. Therapist will consult the client psychiatrist in current depressive state. Therapist will continue using narrative-based interventions in order to engage the client's problem-solving abilities and break negative thinking patterns. Therapist will increase frequency of therapy sessions during depressive episodes. Now that we've reviewed these common different note formats and broken down these song lyrics into those as if we had a session between Rob Thomas and Jason Mraz, which would be a pretty fascinating therapy session. Uh, So we've looked at DAP, SOAP, and GURP. And I want to take a quick moment to take a look at GSRAP. So if we were to use my kind of invented method just as an illustration, again, you can really invent whatever method you like as long as it's okay with your facility and your supervisor. And I'm going to break it down just so you can see kind of how I... I break this down when I use this method. So again, GSRAP stands for goals, symptoms, interventions, response, assessment, and plan. In the goal section, I would probably write uh, to reduce depressive symptoms, including addressing sleeping patterns, mood, and overall energy level, to improve social relationships in order to reduce feelings of social anxiety, and to reduce negative thinking patterns. Um, In a perfect world, those goals would probably be SMART goals, but that's another podcast that we're doing. So you can listen to that one instead. But so those are some general goals. Uh, Symptoms. These symptoms I'm pulling directly from what Rob Thomas is reporting to us. And I'm also imagining what he might present like in session. So I'm assuming that he had a flat affect based on what was being told to me. And he reports a lack of energy and motivation, feelings of craziness, quote unquote, uh, some social anxiety, helplessness, and social isolation. And remember that the symptom section here, we would also be pulling from what we directly observed. So this could be what our eyes, ears, um, or nose might be telling us. Let's pretend that when Rob Thomas came in, he looked particularly unkempt. Perhaps he had a body odor. His hair didn't look like it had been washed in a number of days. Maybe it looks like he's lost a little bit of weight and his skin looks gaunt and uh, his eyes sunken. Those are the kind of things that we would uh, write in that we observe in the symptoms versus what the client reports in symptoms. 
Then moving into interventions. So this would be what Jason Mraz actually did during the session, which I'll note may be different than what you would do because Jason Mraz is not a trained therapist or counselor. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Um, so here are the interventions. Client and therapist dialogued about his current mood state in order for therapists to assess the severity of his mood symptoms. Counselor challenged client to reframe negative thinking patterns that appear to contribute to his depressive state. Therapist conducted risk assessment, which we probably do. Counselor encouraged client to call upon strength-based resources in order to cope with upsetting and uncomfortable feelings. Therapist encouraged client to contact his psychiatrist and schedule an immediate appointment due to worsening depressive symptoms and scheduled therapy session in two days. So in this case, it's just, just like the other uh, GURP intervention section of what the therapist did during that session. Next is response. Client stated, I feel like I'm headed for a breakdown. Client acknowledged future-oriented hopes and beliefs and denied any desire to harm himself or anyone else. So that we're getting a little creative because they didn't say that in the song. But let's just imagine we continued the therapy session. And assessment, this is our clinical fancy hat. So here, I would probably write, uh, client appears to be experiencing a worsening depressive episode as illustrated by the symptoms reported above. And then in the plan section, I would probably write, Therapist will consult with client psychiatrist about current depressive state. Therapist will continue narrative-based interventions in order to engage a client's problem-solving abilities and break down negative thinking patterns. Increase frequency of therapy sessions during depressive episode. So in this case, you can see how using GSERAP, you can really take any note format that might work for you or one of the standardized ones and be able to regurgitate and break down that information into a note format that's cohesive and that makes sense for you. So hopefully this activity was illustrative and helped you take these different note formats and actually apply them to a specific situation, in this case, Rob Thomas and Jason Mraz. If you don't write in the GURB format and instead use SOAP or DAP or another note format that doesn't have an explicit section to document your goals or objectives, I recommend writing your overarching treatment goals at the, at the top of the note in their own goal section. So for example, you might just simply write to reduce depressive symptoms. Regarding how and where to document details about specific objectives, let me break it down by format. So if you're talking with a client about objectives in their treatment plan, you should be documenting this in the data or description section of a DAP note and in the objective section of a SOAP note. Progress or lack of progress toward goals or objectives should be documented in the assess assessment section of either DAP or SOAP. So for example, you might say, regarding objective number two, which states that the client will increase the use of I feel statements from two times a week to four times a week, client has made moderate progress toward this goal as evidenced by improved ability in session to express himself using I feel statements and mild improvements in his social interactions on the unit. This goal will be continued until fully attained. So in that case, that piece of information, most of that should go in assessment because we're assessing their actual progress toward the goal. And we would put the part about this goal will be continued until fully attained in the plan section of DAP, SOAP, or GURP. One other quick note about your clinical documentation Make sure that you have one note per service. So let's pretend that you spent most of a session discussing a treatment plan and you produced a treatment plan from this with goals and objectives and the client signed it or agreed to it. You should also have an associated session note for that time that you spent with a client. Same goes for an assessment. So if you did a formal assessment, your assessment form should be completed, but you should also have an associated note. This is important for auditing and billing purposes. And again, it's just best practice and standard of care. During today's lecture, we covered a lot of information. We talked about the medical model and its applicability to our clinical charts, and also the five W's in our clinical documentation, the who, what, where, why, and when. We talked about the different note formats, including DAP, SOAP, and GURP, and broke down each of the individual sections for each note and what information should go in there. And we also had the opportunity to listen to a couple of awesome, slightly old school songs as we imagined a session happening between Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20, and Jason Mraz as a therapist. And we were able to break down how the information from that fake session might actually appear in a DAP, SOAP, or GURP note. We also gave a little bit of feedback about how to document goals and objectives and making sure that we have one note for each service that we're delivering. My goal today was to offer you some information to hopefully 
clarify the different note formats and how you can use these different formats in your clinical practice. I want to support you in working smarter, not harder. Save your wonderful and precious energy for working with your clients and doing what you do best. For more on this topic of clinical documentation, check out my e-learning titled Creating Client Success Stories Through Treatment and Discharge Planning. Thank you. You've just finished listening to another exclusive continuing ed podcast by Clearly Clinical. If you like what you just heard and you need continuing ed credits, please visit us at clearlyclinical.com to check out our one-year membership, where you'll have access to our growing library of continuing ed podcast courses. Clearly Clinical, where our goal is to help you learn, grow, and shine.